It's the Locked On Flyers podcast for Monday, October 9th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high quality content that is curious about that Wade Allison move. Yeah, there's some interesting things. We will get into that, how the Flyers are going to get that one roster spot down to 23 and have our nemesis of the week. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, and thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on the app formerly known as Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who's on all your favorite social media apps at Sportsology. And we as a show are on pretty much all the other places at Locked On Flyers as well. Today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and use the promo code LOCKEDONNHL to get up to $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. You can subscribe or follow us for free over on YouTube. We're also on the SiriusXM app. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, subscribe to get the latest episode as soon as it's available here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Russ, we are one step closer to today's 5 p.m. deadline where team rosters have to be set and salary cap compliant. They made an interesting move on uh, Saturday, putting Wade Allison on waivers. Uh, He did clear on Sunday, although I I think that that wasn't a 100% guarantee, but uh, I think that I guess the Flyers were fairly confident that he would clear. Yeah, I was confident too. I'll tell you why. Um, I think when teams right now are so close to the cap, if you're going to get somebody, you know, off of waivers, you've got to feel that there's a lot of ceiling there. And because of Allison's injuries, there isn't as much ceiling there. He's like a sort of like replacement level hold card, hold, you know, a place holding, uh, bottom six guy in this league. And while that's okay, he's not essential. And so like teams, if they're going to get a guy like that, they're like, you know, they kind of want a guy that um, they feel like has more to give. And he might have a little more to give just because I play more games, but not a lot more. Right. I, I do think that's entirely possible. And I think it's, you know, one thing to put Wade Allison in a vacuum up against himself and how he's done in the past, where I, I do think there has been some improvement there. But this is a team, and, you know, there's Tyson Forrester there, there's Bobby Brink there. Um, I think, you know, John Tortorella thinks the other guys played better, clearly. Uh, do you think that is also the case? I do think that's the case, but it's not entirely fair because they asked Allison to play on the left side. And I think this year, that's his only chance on playing in the NHL is on the left side. So I think he's going to go down to Lehigh and that's where he's going to play because there's this glut of players on the right side. Now, you know, you might say, hey, that's management's fault. And that's true. And Wade Allison's kind of like the guy that's going to have to overcome it. Yeah, I think uh, that is going to be key for him uh, when he does go down to Lehigh Valley is that they're going to have to put him on the left side and really reteach him how to play. 
Yeah. Uh, so that he can maybe get to his ceiling at, on that side of the ice. Um, and, it, and it could take a little while. Yes. Um, but he'll certainly have some excellent teammates to work with down there, as we know, in terms of, you know, other guys that have gotten sent down. Um, and it should be a good motivational factor for him as well. Yeah. I mean, that's what you hope. Uh, you never know when a guy gets sent. At what point do they get they're a little despondent and it takes a little while. Can't predict what's going to happen with him. But uh, again, it's a tough one for him because he's gotten that taste of the NHL, but now they're asking him to play out of position. And now he has to kind of do that. So, you know, I'm sure he's not feeling great, to, you know, today. Yeah. The timing was really intriguing to me as well, that it was done a couple of days ahead of this deadline, that it wasn't just part of the last day of guys getting put through waivers. I, you know, had really thought that maybe these last couple of cuts would ha would both happen together, and that has not panned out that way. And that it, it adds to the confidence I think the Flyers had that he wouldn't get claimed because they were kind of yes. willing to dangle him out there, so to speak. Yeah, because otherwise they'd have put him in on the last possible day and hope that he wouldn't get taken. But no, they did have the confidence, and they were right. Yeah, I think so too. And I think that. There could also have been a secondary reason for this, that if they really thought for sure that he was not going to be on this team for opening day, that um, they wanted the guys that were going to be there opening day for these couple of days of team bonding mm -hmm. that they were having. And that if he wasn't going to be part of that group, um, maybe it would have been awkward to have him as part of those yeah. team activities. I think so. So. I don't know. That is just my other theory about the timing. It's not. Yeah, it's very possible. Uh, we, we did put a poll out to y'all out there over on our YouTube channel. I kind of threw it up there right when the news came out to see what um, our listeners thought about the move and uh, the options for this uh, question about Wade Allison. Was it the right move because he didn't do enough in preseason? Was it the wrong move? He's a waste in the minors. Um, I'll decide if and when he clears was an option. And then other was an option as well. Most people said, I'll decide if when he clears, which I think was interesting just because there was a certain level of nervousness about this, right? No, I blame, I blame you. I blame you by giving <laughs> people the option to waffle. So they waffled. <laughs> If you didn't give well, them that option, they wouldn't have waffled. They would have given a definitive answer, but you gave them an out. Well, that is fair, I guess. <laughs> but uh, more people did think it was the right move than versus the yeah. wrong move. We had 31% uh, of respondents said it was the right move, and 18% said it's the wrong move. And the reasoning is pretty similar to what we've talked about, but a lot of people in the comments were pretty clear that they liked Wade Allison. And, you know, as we do, we think he's mm -hmm. a really hard worker, mm -hmm. um, you know, really strong in the corners. Um, you know, there was one comment that said, I loved Allison when he first came up full of energy, flying around 110% and not backing down. Problem is we have other guys responsible for that now. And what we need from the middle six is more scoring and playmaking. And that is what Wade Allison has not done, is more scoring and, and more playmaking. Right. So it does bring you back into that Garnet Hathaway territory. If he was there, would that, you know, would have, would Allison have a job? He probably would. 
Uh, and I'm not taking anything away from him because, you know, Hathaway can score a little more than Wade Allison, no question about it, and plays a similar role. But again, is a short-term guy. And so this just tells me that Allison was going to be a short-term guy no matter what. And, yeah. and that's fine. Yeah. And, you know, I think there is something to that. And I think that uh, there is hopefully an opportunity for Wade Allison here, like we've talked about, to to really maybe learn how to play on the left side. And if not, like if he's not going to get there, I think there's going to be opportunities to ship him out to maybe somewhere where he can get an opportunity. But if he's like a borderline NHL, AHL guy, that's not what the Flyers need for the future right now. As much as we like him, and I personally like him, and I loved him when the Flyers drafted him, you know, if, if he's not the right fit for this team right now and, and in this rebuild, then that's okay. Let's give him a shot somewhere else. Yeah, I agree. I mean, look, Max Wollin just got a contract elsewhere, right? I mean, but he just didn't really prove it here. And Allison's proved a little bit but just not enough. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the injuries are just such a huge yes. factor here that he just hasn't had the, the number of games to really prove any level of consistency. And if you're going to be comparing him to Garnet Hathaway, who's the other person that does similar things on the team, there's a lot of consistency in there, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. He's a consistent proven NHLer. Right. So that's going to be the big difference there. But that does leave us with one roster spot cut left to make and uh, tried to get some clues from John Tortorella on what that might be and what's going on in his head over the last 24, 36 hours of uh, decision making time they have. And we'll get to that coming up next. The NHL season's finally here. Will the Vegas Golden Knights reign supreme again? I love the NHL, and I know you do too. That's why I want to tell you about Sleeper. Sleeper is my go-to platform for daily fantasy sports, especially daily fantasy hockey. With Sleeper, you have the chance to win 100 times your cash on daily fantasy. The NHL has never been more exciting than it is now with star players like McDavid, Ovechkin, Crosby, McCarr, and Connor Bedard. Simply select more or less based on their stats, such as goals, assists, points, saves, and more. Yes, you heard me. Fans of, of your team, you know who I'm talking about. Sleeper offers 100 times payouts, so start paying attention. Make the right picks, and you could win big. Use promo code LOCKEDONNHL, and you'll get up to $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's LOCKEDONNHL. See Sleeper's terms for use of details. The NHL season begins this week. We've got some games around the league starting tomorrow. So we will give our predictions for who's going to make the playoffs and more on tomorrow's show. For the Philadelphia Flyers, uh, as we said right now, the roster is at 24. So we need to get to that 23 and cap compliant by 5 p.m. today. And... Uh, seems like the only guys left on the table to be able to cut are Tyson Forster, Bobby Brink, Emil Andre, and then the goaltender Felix Sandstrom. Uh, I think it's become clear that Bobby Brink is going to make this team based on yeah. what John Tortorella has to say. Um, you know, in his last presser over the weekend, he talked very highly about him. 
uh, and said he had a really good camp, sees the ice well, he's a playmaker, which is something he talks about all the time that the Flyers need. So Bobby Brink making this team, Russ? He is making the team. He's not a playmaker. He can occasionally make plays. I mean, I think they're going to find out he's a goal scorer. That's what he really is. But he does have the ability to make plays. But yeah, Brink's there to stay. I think Foster is too. Yeah, so if we have Tyson Forster and Bobby Brink making the team, then we're basically down to are they going to keep you know eight defensemen or are they going to have a third goaltender? And those are your two options there, right? And so it's going to be tough because I feel like John Tortorella really wants to keep Emil Andre on this team. He can't send Zamula down. But also, I think probably Danny Briere is on his other shoulder saying, but we can't lose Felix Sandstrom either. Yeah, there's going to be a little bit of a, of a battle there. Um, I think because of all these other teams keeping three goalies, not wanting to give Tampa a free goalie, that Sandstrom's mm-hmm. going to stay. And I think Andre's going to go. Uh, I would prefer to keep Andre over Sean Walker, I'll tell you that. But I don't get the choice. So Andre's going to go, and that's fine. He could use more development. Like, he's one of those guys. He could play up at the NHL now, but he could really use the more development. But there's a few of those guys. I still feel that way about even Brink. So And Forster, honestly, both of them. So, But in the end, I think Sandstrom's going to end up staying because nobody wants to give Tampa that goalie. And I've already seen... You know, Buffalo's keeping three, Detroit's keeping three, just yep. seems like, and it's only to start the season. You don't know how long it'll, it'll go. Right. And I do think there is this league-wide conspiracy to keep Tampa from getting a goalie. It really is. It's, it's wild how that is happening out there. Um, but you can you can tell just by how um, everybody's been reacting to the news of the Vasilevsky injury. Um you know, they've been having some goaltending um, injury issues in Colorado, too, as well. Um, so that's another team. You're gonna, that that's another you, team, yeah. Yeah, that you don't want to give a quality goaltender nope. to because, you know, they're a, pot- a potential cup favorite there. So I think that there's definitely some league-wide shenanigans happening uh, on that front. But um, you did mention Sean Walker and, you know, we talked about his play in the last preseason game uh, on the Friday show and that we were not really impressed with him, that he wasn't able to get through the neutral zone um, at all, which was really specific. John Tortorella said that Walker had a great camp and was impressed with him. Stop it. We have eyes. We do. So I, I just think that that is sort of evidence that Walker is is making the team and that yeah, that's yeah. really not an option. And I'm not saying they had a horrible camp overall, but like that's right. a team you needed to show something. He showed nothing. Yeah, I, I do think he's kind of a weak link here, but also I do want some more data. Like I want to see how he does, you know, 15 games into the season and if he's causing problems. I got plenty of data from LA. I do. I got enough data. Yeah, but there's also the fresh start option there as well so you want to give him a little bit of a shot here if he's going to be going to be in there and the other question which we're going to talk a little bit more about in the next segment could have an effect on it um i think that uh, one of the other interesting things that uh was talked about this past weekend was goaltending in terms of the potential game split between carter hart and sam erson um, Tortorella was being, I think, 
his more playful, fun version of KG about this, as opposed to his more form form of KG. But he's like, I don't know what we're doing yet uh, as far as that split. And, you know, to some degree, I'm sure he's telling the truth there, but I I think they do have some sense because they know it's all mapped out by Kim Dillaba. They already know they've had the schedule forever. They know now who the goalies are. If you don't think it's mapped out already, you're crazy. Yeah, and of course they make adjustments as it yes. goes along in terms of, you know, how the games are going or, you yes. know, potential injury status or whatever. But as if you look at the NHL schedule, you bet Kim Dillabaugh says, okay, these are the games that Carter Hart must play in. These are the games that yeah. Sam Erson must play. You know, like Erson's going to play in almost, well, Tortorella is a little different, but I'd say the majority of back-to-backs and, you know, you start from there. Yeah, absolutely. So I thought, that little part of it was interesting. Um, he also talked about the fact that, um, and which has been the case for the past couple of years, that he's more focused on the forward lines and that Bradshaw creates the D pairings and that, um, at least on the forward side, there's still some tinkering to be done with how the lines will shake out. Um, the lines that were at the last practice before this team bonding break was um, Coots centering um, either Farabee or or Forster with Bobby Brink, which uh, was, I think, a, a real do experiment it. there. Don't I, I don't do think it. it's the right move to start the season. It's I not. think it's it, it's a down the road kind of line if Brink is comfortable at the NHL level. But you don't, and if and if it's Joel Farabee, I think that's okay. If it's Tyson Forster, I would say no, just like on the left side. Oh, no, you because, put Travis Konechny there. Yeah. Yeah, you absolutely do that. Um, he had Frost with Tippett and Atkinson. That's fine. Um, Cates with Lawton and Konechny. Again, prefer to have Konechny up there and have Brink down there. Konechny needs to be up there. You put um, Forster down there. Yeah. Or yeah. Brink. And Actually, then, it's going to be one of them or both. Yeah. Of, well, that's the other thing. So, yeah, there's one too many in this mix. So. Well, yeah, that's why we have 13 forwards. So No, I know, but I'm trying to think in my head um, who's going to be the odd man out. And nobody on the fourth line is going to be the odd man out. So I guess Couturier won't be playing every game is my guess. So like on back-to-backs, you'll see the young guys in all the time. But I think the young guys will end up rotating. Yeah, I could also see Delorier rotating as well. Yeah, maybe. I think that he's a guy that they're willing to sit. Um, you know, they're going to have him in for certain games, but yeah. I think that sometimes that would be enough to have him. If sit. they did that, it would be a, a good enough way to get the other guys, the young guys, the playing time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, then on the D side of things, we had York with Sanheim, uh, Sealer with Risto, Stahl with Walker, and Zamula with Andre. And it's been very clear that. You know, Zamula and Andre, if both of them are are on the team, that they're the extra pair here. Yeah, no question about it. So uh, we'll see what that means for an opening night roster. But they do have those uh, few days uh, since we do not have a game until Thursday. Bradshaw better really work on the defense because yeah. I just, you know, on, on one of my other shows off the post, we just had Jeff Merrick on and we talked about the Flyers defense and, you know, people think the Flyers might be better as far as like 
scoring and such, but it's hard to talk up the defense. Yeah, it really is. But uh, it is a new week. It is a new season. And we will, of course, kick off this new season week as we do each and every Monday with our nemesis of the week. And we'll do that coming up next. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. If you are newer to the show each and every Monday, we name our nemesis of the week. That is who or what is bothering us as uh, people of Flyers land or in the NHL or just around uh, around us in the world for the week. And last week we talked about figuring out the Flyers blue line was the nemesis of the week. And um I got to say that that still holds true this week. Uh, it's very unclear of what the pairings are going to turn out to be. Are they going to settle on them right away? Um, you know, we have talked a little bit on the show about uh, potentially putting together uh, Zamula and Sanheim. Um, they haven't really done that as much recently, but it's a pairing that has worked. Uh, that we would like to see out there at least for a game or two to give it a shot. Um, and then just figuring out like, what are the other combinations that work best, especially given uh, the fact that we don't have a lot of playmakers on the blue line. Yeah, I think they're very good points. So uh, I, I think I got to keep that as my uh, nemesis of the week this week okay i don't know if you ever kept the same one twice that's interesting. well no but i do have a secondary nemesis okay. of the week and that um you know as the season begins and you know we're playing uh you know actual opponents in real games uh we start to see some old friends and of course uh, this week columbus is our first opponent and ivan provorov is a member of that team now and um, we got to rip that Band-Aid off right away in the first game of the season to face him was the biggest deal the Flyers had over the course of the summer. And then uh, coming up next weekend, the Flyers are playing the Ottawa Senators. So we have I Ivan Provorov in game one, and then we have Claude Giroux in game two. So it, it's a tough emotional week, I would say. Yeah, and that Giroux guy can still play a little bit. Um, he can. My... My nemesis is going to be, and and I get it, a lot of times I say let's not put too much pressure on young hockey players. And I still believe that. But from a marketing talking point standpoint, hype Connor Bedard all you want. Hype him to the moon. Show every video. I just think compared to the other sports, the NHL still needs to 
um, show off their young talent. And he's as good a prospect as you're going to see come through. And I just feel like show him off, man. I just, I want everybody to know who he is. I think by mid season, everybody should uh, at least, you know, the, although I will admit the Crosby uh, Bedard commercial for the first game was a little awkward. <laughs> that was funny. But, well, Crosby is naturally awkward. So yes. that was, there's no way around that. that. So that was a little weird, but at least, you know, they're doing a good job showing that game. But I just feel like uh, if I'm the NHL, I'm trying to get the word out to the regular world. The other people who could maybe just watch videos to learn about who Connor Bedard is and get him out there. And I just feel like we could see more of them. Yeah, I think that's a very fair point. Um, I do want to uh, have a Flyers fun thing on today's show because just as the NHL season is beginning, so is college hockey. And, you know, the Flyers do have some prospects in college hockey. The most notable, of course, is Cutter Gautier on Boston College. And they had their season opening game against Quinnipiac, who are the national champions. Quinnipiac was raising their banner. Uh, but Boston College did play spoiler in this game. And who but Cutter Gaultier gets the overtime winner in that one uh, with uh, 9.5 seconds left in the overtime period as well. It was a nice feed from Ryan Leonard as well yeah. on the shot. And it was an amazing shot as well. Just powered it right through. Yeah, it's great. I mean, right now he's got the one C job. We'll see if that holds up because they put the whole you know, USA line on the second line, yep. which is interesting, but I think, yeah, I didn't account for like colleges, how slow moving they can be sometimes with things like that. So they're letting their guys, you know, get their feet wet and that's fair. And, and I think that could last a while, but yeah, Gauche just picked up right where he left off and that's good. That's going to be a powerhouse of a team. And yeah, there's, there's the, that's a very big positive. Yeah, I think people were a little salty that that uh, Gabe Perot, Will Smith, Ryan Leonard line was listed as the second line, that they should be the the first line, but I, they will take some time to adjust to college hockey. Yeah, I think I think it's just coaches being careful. I can't rip them for yeah. that. Yeah, no, not at all. But uh, good to see Cutter Gautier pick up where he left off, like you said and um, get a big goal in the first game of the season. We'll be tracking him and our it's other not like prospects. like and Leonard don't know each other, so, that, you know. Yep, <laughs> yeah. They've had plenty of time together. So we'll, we will be keeping track of all those guys over the course of the season and talking about it with y'all. Uh, that will do it for today's show. Thanks so much for listening. Um, we will be talking about that final roster and our NHL predictions for the season on tomorrow's show. That should be a lot of fun and uh, nerve wracking putting sort of pen to paper and saying who we think will uh, make the playoffs around the NHL. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. We will be having a mailbag this week. So send in your questions via Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. You can email us at LockdownFlyers at Gmail or comment over on YouTube. I am Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Have a great day, everyone.